Hello. Hello, everyone. Good morning. It's a coffee recording. I feel like I'm on a talk show instead of recording in your office where I usually have a cocktail or a beer, but I have my cup of coffee today. If it were a talk show, it would be like 4 a.m., not 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Regis and Kelly or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. But we need branded coffee mugs. We do need branded. Who wants to do that for us? Yeah, we're not business savvy enough, but Abigail's got a Powell's Books coffee mug, my favorite coffee mug. I do take this one every time I have coffee at your house. It's the perfect size. It is a very good size. Yeah, it's my favorite mug other than this one, which is from... A local artist in my hometown. Wow. Not book-themed, but Texas-themed. Yeah. It's very cute. Gifted by my parents, by my dad and his girlfriend. Shout out to Tim. Yeah. Actually, shout out to Cynthia. I know my dad didn't pick this up. <laughs> That's how I feel about anything my dad gives me, where I'm like, okay, if it's not money, yeah, <laughs> you didn't do anything. My uh, The only Christmas gift my dad picked out for me this year was ordering more Nespresso pods from Amazon for me. My dad got me a book this year that I sent him the link for. <laughs> so that was the same story with the coffee pods. Yeah. And dad was like, I don't, I don't know. And I was like, no, thank you. We're currently drinking the coffee that he purchased. Yeah. So I think he also got me lottery tickets, but I haven't received them yet because I haven't seen my dad since Thanksgiving. <laughs> and so he was like, oh, I need to mail the rest of your Christmas present. And I'm pretty sure it's just lottery <laughs> tickets. Fucking scratchers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is just a roll of scratch That's so funny. So I'll see him eventually and, you know, see if I want a couple bucks. I haven't turned in the $10 I wanted from the scratch-offs Austin got me for Christmas. So. I didn't win anything in my Christmas scratch-offs this year. Damn. I never win. So. One year I won $80. Damn. I know. Okay. That was like 2015. It was a long time ago. Write in and tell us if you want anything on your Christmas scratch-offs this year. Well, on that note. Yeah. On that note, Merry Christmas. It's yeah. like the end of February. <laughs> We're talking about what we got for Christmas. Well, this is our recap of where... We have been before our return with the saddest book in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I hope you all recovered. I read some sad fucking books in January. Ooh, it's a bad time to read a sad book. I know. I think it's because we were taking a we were taking a break from the pod, so I wasn't reading as many romance novels. So I was like taking the opportunity to read other stuff, mm -hmm. and a lot of it just ended up being sad as shit. So I read The Death of Vivek Aji, which is the saddest fucking book I've ever read in my entire life. Oh, God. Yeah, on that note, we're going to recap what we read while we were gone. Yeah, starting with that. That was my first book. Was it my first book of the year? No. Damn. No, it was among my first books of the year, though. And I listened to the audiobook. Oh, my God. I don't think I can talk about why it's sad without giving like major, major spoilers for the book. Well, death is in the title. Yes, yes. The uh, the the person does die, <laughs> but I can't really talk about why it's sad without giving away too much. It was really extremely very good, but I was – this is another one that I, like, had not – I had heard everyone talk about how good it was, but I hadn't 
like done any research on what people were saying about it. And if I right. just read some Goodreads re- good reviews or something where people were like, I cried the whole time, I would have been able to prepare myself. Mm, yes. But I was not. And it's an audiobook, so I'm like listening to it like in the car or when I'm like washing my face or working out or whatever. <laughs> While you're doing holding a plank. Yeah. And just it's crying. Really sad. Damn. Okay. What is the first book you read this year, though? I read, it's kind of a funny one. I read one that I had, that I unfortunately got on my net galley years ago and had neglected because I had like, I guess I had just forgotten about, I have a Google Doc that I like track all the stuff I need to review on NetGalley and Mm -hmm. I had just like not put this on the Google Doc. So I had a book from 2020 and I was like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Yeah. It was interesting is The Boys Club by Erica Katz. Okay. Um, It was okay. It was like about this woman who's like working at this like law firm. She's a lawyer. And she's, like, the only one – or one of a few women in this, like, obviously very male-dominated, like, New York law firm. Right. And it was just – it was stressful as shit. She was, like, not sleeping. She was doing a bunch of coke. (laughs) It was really stressful. I didn't expect – okay, yeah, sure. That sounds like being a lawyer in New York. It it was it was really stressful, but it was really interesting. Like the way it was written, it felt like a thriller. Like it was just very mm. fast paced and like tense. Yeah. And now I'm looking at the description of it, and it says it got optioned to Netflix, and I absolutely will watch that mm-hmm. because it, it I think it would be a really good TV show or movie. But the book was like stressful. So it's like Suits, maybe. I never watched Suits. I should yeah, say that. I never watched Suits either. But it was like. It almost had like succession vibes. Mm. Where, like it was stressful in that same way. I had to put succession down. Me too. For like, that same reason. Yeah. So parts of it are so fucking funny and I can't, I just can't get through lots of it. Me too. And this was like all the stressful parts of succession without the funny parts. Without Nicholas. Oh, yes. Oh, without him throwing up through the eye holes of his <laughs> yes. mascot. Precisely. I'm glad I read it because it was just really different than anything I've read in a long time mm-hmm. and different than what I no- would normally pick up. Mm-hmm. But she was stressful. Damn. Okay. I will be watching. It doesn't say if it's a Netflix show or movie, but I will be watching it. Okay. What was your first romance of 2023? I read a YA romance Ooh. first. Um, that I found really lovely, which you know I, I'm kind of off my YA game. So it was like fine, but it was Talia Hibbert who did Get a Life, Chloe Brown, and all those books. Oh, uh, yes. Who I really like. And she wrote a YA book called Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute, which is a very cute title. I love it. And it was this sort of like rivals to lovers YA thing. Oh. Um. That was just like a nice, easy palate cleanser. Great. It was solid. Solid. What about you? I'm fully back on my romance bullshit and have only read romance so far for 2023. I'm pretty sure. Um, And so my first book of 2023 was The Wedding Crasher by Mia Sosa. And she had done the worst best man 
that I read a couple years ago, and I really liked it. Didn't she do a Bridesmaid one too? Something, something, Bridesmaid? Or am I confusing that with something else? I think you are confusing her with something else, you know, within the genre of uh, all wedding things. You're correct. Yes. Um, You might be thinking of like The Secret Bridesmaid. Ah, uh, yes. Which... The Wedding Crasher was a Goodreads Choice Award nominee for Best Romance last year. Oh, um, I liked it okay. Yeah? It was fine. I think I liked The Worst Best Man better, but this was a fun one. It was like the wedding piece of it was very early. It didn't really like go further than that, but it became like this almost like workplace rivalry romance sort mm. of. It's a fake dating, mm-hmm. um, which is fun. I like a workplace enemies kind of. There, there are some good enemies in this one. So the the male lead, he works at a big fancy law firm in D.C. And they like do media law, which is interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. And so he's trying to like court this big fancy lawyer woman to come work for their firm. And there's this other guy who is also trying to like court her to come to the firm. And so he ropes in. This woman who crashed his wedding to be his fake girlfriend, um, who is a side character in The Worst Best Man. I think they're both side characters, if I remember correctly. Again, I read The Worst Best Man in 2020, so it's been a while. Um, But it's like the cousin of the main character of The Worst Best Man. Mm. And then side guy, lawyer, dude, I think. Anyway, it's very fun. There's some random rivalries. Uh, they accidentally go to a sex party in D.C. So oh. that was a first for my romance reading. Um, yeah, Mia Sosa's website, her tagline is, you're going to like this. Funny, flirty, a little dirty. That is exactly right. Which I kind of love. <laughs> I kind of love that. It was fun. It was a fun one. Um, again, I think I liked Worst Best Man better. Mm. But, you know, I had a good time reading it. There was some kind of crazy things that happened in it um there were some very good side characters it looks like mia's got a bunch of um novellas available on audible as audible originals if if y'all are audible subscribers out there i'm also looking at her goodreads page trying to i was trying to remember what she had done before and she does a lot of the uh you know just full smut yeah uh getting dirty with the ceo <laughs> the suits undone number three. Oh, so this this audible novella is called son of a beach and it's got a really cute uh little cover Ooh, love it oh and then there are some some little audio ones acting on impulse yes. pretending he's mine these have really cute covers too but they're just smut yeah but that was a fun one then i did our girl jen deluca and did well traveled I did not love it. I know. I really liked it. I know. This one was tough for me. I found it really repetitive. And also, I did not care about... Fuck, what was his name? I don't even remember. I read it a while ago. Exactly. I didn't buy why she liked him so much toward the end of it. Mm. It's about... For listeners who haven't read it, it's about Mitch's cousin, Lulu, who's... (laughs) There's a theme today. She's a lawyer. Yeah. Who quits her law firm uh, in the beginning of the book and just like basically joins the circus yeah exactly she she joins Joins the the, renaissance fair yeah she travels around with the renaissance fair and then she falls for one of the guys in that dueling kilts band that has been in all the other books Mm -hmm. dex that's his name dex yes which is a dumb name it is a dumb name so that doesn't help 
And he's just got big himbo energy. Yeah. I Now that we're talking about this, I read this book when I was like feeling crazy burned out at the end of last year. So maybe that's why I liked it. Maybe. Maybe. maybe I you was just like, I want to run away and join the circus. Um, I did love that it opened like with her going to see the washtub ladies at the Renaissance Fair. Yes. Our girls. Yeah. Katie and I went to the Renaissance Fair last year and we'll very most likely go again this year. For sure we will. Yeah. And we've seen- and our friend our friend Nick got pulled up. Or yeah, not, no, it wasn't Nick. It was, it was Matt. Matt. Yeah. yeah, our friend Matt got pulled up at the uh, at the winches. Yes. Oh, what are, what is the laundry winches? The washing well winches. Thank you. Yeah. that's the full name. And I was like, oh my god, is it the same women? And yeah. then I looked it up, and obviously there are a bunch of different women who do it at a bunch of different Renaissance under fairs. the same like right. name. It's like a traveling company. Yes. But it was um, very funny when I started reading the book and I was like, I know them. I know. <laughs> I one of the dr- drunkest I've ever been was at that fucking Renaissance Fair. I had my one cup of like fucking elderberry mead or whatever. Uh-huh. Literally, we were at that first show and I was halfway through it and I was like, I'm fucking drunk. And then I, I, I don't know, I couldn't, I just start heckling. I couldn't stop in a nice way. That was a fun day. We should do that again. Oh, we will do that again. I, I can only do that once a year where I, because I felt bad the next day. I had a massive migraine later that day, so. Yes, you did. I would love to not repeat that. We also went to Chili's that day. We, we should did go to Chili's. Again. Yeah, so that, can, that was fun. I should have a, we should do that again so I can have a better Chili's experience. Yeah. This time where I'm not fighting off a headache the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun day. I want Jen DeLuca to move on from the Well Met series. I think it's time. It hurts me to say it, but I fully agree. Mm -hmm. None of the other ones I have loved as much as I have loved Well Met. And I love Well Met. It is a reread for me. And I am just, this this group of people is getting too incestuous. Yeah, I think the reason also that I liked Well Traveled wasn't that I even liked Well Traveled that much. It was that the two in between I was kind of bored by. Mm -hmm. And so this one I was like, Okay, like it kind of got me. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was better than the previous two for yeah. me. So I was like, okay, like good. Like I think I just like got excited for another one. For another one, yeah. you know, but I would be curious to see how I feel about Stacy's going back to it, like the second one in the series, mm-hmm. because a lot of it is like a catfishing plot, which I don't fuck with. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I that's that's where that one lost me for sure. But I remember I read it and I didn't dislike it. Like I enjoyed it enough to where I didn't feel like, I, I, barely, I barely remember it to be honest, but I remember I finished it and I didn't feel like not finishing it at any point. The right. last two I have wanted to DNF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I felt the same because I remember not liking the second one, but I think it was just because I liked the first one so much. Yeah. Or I didn't like actively dislike it. It just didn't it didn't compare. I've noticed this, and maybe you feel the same way, but like extended universe books or whatever, like the Well Met series, kind of like part of your world and all of Abby Jimenez's books. It's like as soon as you switch point of views. It's like almost that first main character is just like copy and pasted. Like Stacy mm. felt more like Emily in the second book versus Stacy from the first book. Mm. I remember feeling like that when I read it and I was like these are just the same characters and this doesn't feel like the Stacy from the first book and then seeing Emily from the first book in the second book I was like she doesn't feel like Emily from the first book. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah. I also think that those kind of extended universe books are just kind of hard to pull off. Yeah. I'm trying to think of ones that I feel like have done really well at it. Well, the 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 Bellinger sisters, but that's just two books. Right. So I think that's like a good little sweet spot. That's true. You know, of like you've got two sisters and there's only two. Right. You got to stop somewhere. Tessa Bailey does these extended universes really well. I'm reading this series that is new to me, but came out, I don't know, some years ago, like 2017 or something. That is like an extended, it's it's similar in that it's like a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know how many, there's like four siblings. So I'm like, okay, there are four books. Right. That's how many I'm going to get. Right. And maybe it's just the expectation of that that I like, where I'm like, I know that these are the stories I'm going to get. Yeah. And then it makes me more invested in the care, like, because I went into this knowing that this is a series where there are four that's true. Siblings. So then I'm like reading into the siblings' personalities more. Right. You know what I mean? There is an end point. Like the series is completed. Right. Yeah. I can't even think of who else would be in the Well-Met series at this point. There was also one book that I read recent. What was the book that I read recently that I was like... It was part of an extended universe, but the universe had gotten too big. And I was like, who the fuck are these people? Oh, it was Sophie Sullivan's Jansen Brothers series. I read, I never read the first one, but I read the second one. Mm -hmm. And then the third one. And by the third one, all the characters were there being referenced constantly. Mm -hmm. And it was just too many people, like too many side stories to keep up with. I was just like, I don't know who these people are. Yeah, I I was feeling like that reading the most recent Well Met, where I was like, I don't even remember who Lulu is, but I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. and like, it wasn't just, like, I remembered the people who were the main characters from previous books, mm-hmm. but like, in the Sophie Sullivan series, there were also other side characters Yeah, that I was like, these is too many names. It's too many people. Yeah. Too many people. And they would all do these like big group friend hangouts, which I generally like in a book. There's like a friend group of like eight or ten people. Like I can't keep up with these people. I don't know who they are. How do you have a friend group of eight to ten people that regularly hangs out also? Right. I mean, we have a friend group of that, but we we see each other three times a year. Right. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what else did you read? Uh, I reached back deep into Christina Lauren's catalog and I did Love in Other Words. And boy, was that a good one. It is a good one. I feel like I should reread that. It's been a really long time. It was lovely. Mm-hmm. I read it based on Campbell's recommendation, um, my fiance sister, who is delving into romance and doesn't like anything I recommend to her. <laughs> but uh, liked this one. She liked this one, and she read it before me, and she was like, you have to do this one. I really liked it. And uh, I loved it. It was, it was really nice. Mm-hmm. It felt very different from some other Christina Lawrence I've read, where it's like a lot more melancholy. And there's like time jumps between two perspectives and they just switch on and off. I really liked it. Nice. It it was really nice. Um, And also very sad at points. But I want Christina Lauren, I want them to go back to first person. I feel like. Yeah. That's kind of their, their wheelhouse. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do this year with the true love experiment. But something wilder was fun, but it was different. 
Yeah, they've just kind of lost me a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah. I'll keep reading, obviously, but... Oh, yeah, I'll pick up anything, but I, I'd like to uh, to get to get one back by them. Yeah, I need I need another fluffy romance from them. Mm-hmm. Soulmate experiment and something wilder. I appreciate they're trying to do something different, but I want I want giant sweet tarts. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, um, any other notable reads? Uh, let's see. Our friend Sophie, not Sophie Sullivan, <laughs> different Sophie. She gave me the Song of Achilles, which I finally read, and it turns out TikTok is right about that one. Are they really? Mm-hmm. I don't trust TikTok. Well, I I picked it up because I'm a fan of Madeline Miller because I loved Cersei. Mm-hmm. I loved that book, but then Song of Achilles started to turn me off. Because A, it came out before Cersei, mm-hmm. and B, TikTok loved it so much that I was like, ugh. Um, and Sophie gave it to me after she finished reading it, and it's really good. I just put it in that camp with the, um, like, one, Colleen Hoover, and two, the A Court of Thorn and Roses oh, yeah. people, which I read a summary of it and I will not pick it up. Yeah, I actually I had a Target gift card and I bought the first one last week. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Ooh, report back. Are you actually going to read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sophie also recommended those to me. So I was like, okay. And then um no hate to Sophie. And then my my internet friend Camille, who I know listens to the pod, posted about all the books as well, and she's like pretty unforgiving with her reviews on Instagram like she'll be like I fucking hated this so and she was like it's true what everyone says the first half of the first one is a slog but once you get through it it's like I couldn't put them down and I feel like my taste and her taste aligns Mm. quite a bit like whenever she posts about something that she likes I'm like oh I liked that too she didn't like it usually I also didn't like it right so I'm going to give it a chance. Mm, okay. I look forward to uh, your report card based on it later. So with that, Katie has ventured into a uh, new corner. I have. Of reading that is a big character development in her life. It it really is a big character development in my life. I'm very proud. I've started DNFing books. I ne- feel like I need like the horn sound. I'll put it in. Some <laughs> celebration. <laughs> Katie DNF's book. Yeah. Yeah, I do. When did this start for you? I'm trying to look. As some of you may know, Storygraph actually tracks the books that you DNF. Like it has, you know, like on Goodreads, it says like, want to read, currently reading, read. And on Storygraph, it has did not finish. Hmm. Which I really like Storygraph because you can track like your pages. Mm-hmm. Like I like to kind of, you have like a little, they call them journal entries. Right. So you can like say like, oh, I read from here to here. And then you can write a little private note to yourself of like, here's what happened in this section. Or like what I'll do is I'm kind of using it as a little nerdy way to figure out what time of day that I read the most. So I'll be like morning coffee or like before bed or whatever just because i'm kind of interested to see how that shakes out later your data points yeah um 
or it's like a reminder of what I was doing that day or, you know, it's like a, like a journal, you know, yeah. I'll be like, oh, I was on vacation and I read this. Yeah. Right. And so when you DNF a book, it's still because Storygraph also has like it has like a reading goal like Goodreads does, but it also has a pages goal. And so when you DNF a book, it'll still keep the like the pages that you read yes. towards your goal. That is nice. Which is good if you're kind of one of those people that's like fueled by those goals, which I am to an extent, right? Like I'm not really trying to hit a certain number, but it is cool at the end of the year to be like, I read this many, like cool to right. see how many pages I've read. Yeah. They also have hour tracking for your audiobooks so you can see how many hours total of all your audiobooks that you listen to so it's just kind of cool for like little nerdy data things that mean right. nothing but are still fun to look at mm-hmm. anyway um so i think storygraph having that dnf feature sort of like empowered me to use it a little bit it gave you permission to dnf a book yeah i think so but this started for me and I've always, like, there there are books that I've, like, DNF'd occasionally over the years, um, but it's never been so official as, like, I'm going to stop reading this book. It's more like, I'm going to put it down for now and pick it up later. Mm-hmm. But it started with this awful book that I read last summer. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, it's called Tacos for Two. And it's by... (laughs) That's a terrible title. I know. The cover's really cute, actually. I shouldn't shit on any romance titles, though, because some of them truly are bad. Oh, like 99% of them are so stupid. So it started with that book um, by Betsy St. Amant. I'm not really sure. And... First off, I would like to say that if you like super clean Christian romances, I am not hating on you, but this is not for me, mainly because I did not know that this author wrote, like, Christian romances. Right. Which I also didn't really know was a, was a genre. <laughs> uh, Yeah. At least not in this, like, contemporary romance. You know, I, it remind, I know I've mentioned it on this podcast, but those, like, teen girl romance books like melody carlson and whatnot yeah you know it's like that but for grown-ups that i didn't yes now that i know about it it makes sense that it exists but i it wasn't in my consciousness everyone needs romance katie i know but i it's like it was marketed with all the other contemporary romances so i just kind of lumped it in and it's on me for not doing my research but that's not why i dnf'd it um it was just like an added piece of the decision after I googled the author sure the thing that was a sticking point for me was that well for one thing I hated the characters so that was the first thing Uh uh-huh um and then the 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 second thing was that the the main character is like a quarter Mexican and she's like running this like taco food truck that she's inherited from her aunt but she doesn't know how to cook all this stuff and there's a lot of references to like Mexican culture and stuff that felt a little off yes, to me. Um, and so then I Googled the author and I think she's a white lady and I just, it just felt a little like icky. Um, and, and I might be making major assumptions there, but some other Goodreads reviewers have had the same 
thought process. So Mm -hmm. if I am off base, I I deeply apologize. But it felt just a little icky. Um, And then what, what really became the real problem for me is that, so this woman who owns the taco truck is, doesn't know how to cook. And then she's like, she, I can't remember how, but she like links, cause this was last summer. She like links up with this guy who works at a law firm, this white guy mm-hmm. works at a law firm. Who, more lawyers. Yeah. More lawyers who wants to learn how to cook. And she like her ego thing, she like fakes it and is like, oh, I'll totally teach you or whatever. Yeah. He learns how to cook tacos and then decides to like, I can't remember if he opens a competing taco truck or if he like competes in some kind of competition against her. Mm -hmm. And so that was really fucked up and weird of like, I'm this white guy. Let me ask this like Mexican woman to teach me how to make tacos and then I'm going to try to beat her at making tacos. It was set in Austin, Texas. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the part that I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, And then I Googled the author and like found out that it was like she writes these Christian romances and stuff. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm just not the audience for this in the first place for like this author, this style of writing, like whatever. Yeah. So that was what started it. Um, But then after that, I just realized that like I don't have time for books that I don't like. I can't believe I've ever heard you say that. Yeah, yeah. So so I DNF'd um unfortunately a timothy timothy janowski book we still love you timothy yeah that one just wasn't doing it i listened to the audiobook so maybe that was it mm. maybe i'd like it more textually i also dnf'd a jenny bayless book <gasps> i know damn and then i dnf'd never fall for your fiance which got good reviews but i couldn't handle the characters and same thing with this one that's called Getting His Game Back that now I can't even remember what it was about. Oh, oh, it was like this uh, this guy who was like a barber and this woman who was like a badass like business lady. Um, and it was a lot of like uh, he had like been in therapy and was doing some work on his. It was a lot of telling, not showing. It was like right. a lot of internal monologue that I was just like, I don't care. I want something to happen. Yeah. So that's my that's my DNF journey. Damn. Yeah. What is your do you have a common reason you're DNFing something? I think the decision is mostly coming from like am I not feeling motivated to pick up my Kindle? Am I feeling motivated to like grab another book or something instead? Mm. Or like play video games instead or like cuz I think if it's not enough for me to want to sit down and read it and I'm not saying everything has to be like oh my god I have to drop everything so that I can read this book yeah but I need to at least feel motivated to I need to not be like oh I could pick up my kindle and read right now or I could play the last of us you know right which, like, I've been very motivated by The Last of Us lately, so that's... Well, how could you not? Yeah, I mean, no, 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 even the best novel could not have competed with that for about three months there. What did life. I tell you? What did I tell you? For I know. So long? I was right. You were right. But 
But I think it's just like if I'm not feeling motivated to pick it up, if I'm feeling more motivated to do something else, then maybe it's time to think about putting it down. Yeah, I have some like very common reasons why I'll DNF something. One is, you know, if I just do not care about the characters at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I've DNF'd like a lot of books about journalists for. Yeah. And I need to just stop picking them up, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been very few that I've actually liked. But I'm trying to think if there is kind of a standard point. I it's mean, just like a you just know. It's just yeah. It's usually I I to to my slight credit, I will usually get about get about halfway through a book mm-hmm. before I decide I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I try to not do it too early. Yeah, I want to give it a fair shake. The last book I DNF was one you loved, and it was I know. the roughest draft and. Boy, did I not like that book. Yeah, you didn't like it. Our friend Madeline didn't like it. But then, like, um, I I know that Zach, who listens to this podcast, Zach liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel, that I went to high school with, mm-hmm. also liked it. So yeah. I think it's just it's just one of those polarizing ones that some people, you either really love it or you really hate it. Yeah, my sticking point with that one is I didn't care about either character. I couldn't stand both of them, and I thought they were annoying people. Uh, it was a whiny, whiny man and a woman with no spine. Yeah, I think I was just, and I've said this before on here, I think I was like really primed. I think I read that at the right time. Mm, the semester yeah. had just ended. It was like early June. We had also just read... Abby Jimenez, we had read Emily Henry. I was in this like good romance, like honeymoon Mm -hmm. phase. So I think anything else that I would have picked up, I would have just felt really positively toward because the vibes were good, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I do wonder, but I very, very, I was very, very close to DNFing the new Emily Wibberly and Austin Sigmund broke a book. It was there. I liked it at first, right? And then it lost me. Yeah, but I was still holding out. But at that point, I was like sixty percent through, and I was like, "Well, I've come this far. Yeah, maybe it'll win me back." And then it lo- it really lost me in the end, which is a giant bummer because I really liked it at the beginning because it was. A married couple that was trying to like rekindle, which is so different than anything that we normally read. Right. Yeah. People who are already together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. I was disappointed. I'm still going to keep reading them mm-hmm. because I think there's something there. Yeah. That I really like still. Yeah. I don't know. What else? Do you have any other, any other like reasons for DNFing? Mine is very often just like, I do not care about this yeah. character or I find their motivations really annoying. It's really just like, I'm very annoyed by somebody in this book. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't think it's often like plot points. I think it's very often like, I like to read a lot of first person. So mm-hmm. it's often very much like inner monologue or motivations or whatever. Like one of the books I DNF'd last year um, was As Seen on TV, which was a journalism book, um, or it was about... A journalist like going into this small town and thinking mm. it was going to be like Gilmore Girls 
and I remember the exact point. I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Was where she was getting all frustrated because this town was not what she thought it was going to be. And she like said something so snotty to this poor kid who was like working in an ice cream shop. And I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. You are the worst person. This is awful. And she was like, I think it stung too because she was like a journalist who was around my age. And so I was like, I can't imagine acting, acting like, like this. Acting like that, yeah. So that was a like that was a point where I it completely lost me. Um, you know, not to say that I can't root for an anti-hero or whatever, but you know, uh I think it's like characters like that where it's just your motivation is very immature. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. I gotta stop picking up journalism books. I was very close to DNFing a hundred other girls last year. Mm. Um which there were parts of it that I really appreciated the author's perspective and Things like that. Um, but it was so unrealistic and I hated the ending. And that is one I go like hate read Goodreads of reviews about because <laughs> I just like finished it and I was so mad. Yeah, I I hadn't I still haven't read that one, but I have it because I bought it in that the Barnes and Noble paperback sale or whatever. It's a bummer because the cover is so cute. Yeah. It has potential. Another thing that'll really turn me off is um people writing like Gen Z. Mm. In a very, like... Cringy way. Yeah, this yeah. was a very, like, cringy BuzzFeed, uh, mm. like, keyword. What's the word? Buzzword, sorry. Buzzword, there you this go. This is a very buzzword-heavy book for, like, Gen Z, hashtag, cool, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know. I I think as somebody who's kind of in between a millennial and Gen Z generation, like, I can't do it. It's yeah. just a lot. It's yeah. just a lot. So I feel like I've gotten... No, I even sh- I shouldn't even say that. I think I've just gotten better about sniffing out books that I don't want to do. Right. And I read a lot less than you do also. And I almost my motivations I feel like are always kind of low. Um so I feel like now I've just gotten better about being like, okay, am I going to pick up this book and actually want to pick it up? Right. Yeah, like there are definitely some books that I'm like this is not the best thing ever, but I'm like like that new Tessa I say new the new to me Tessa Bailey series Mm -hmm. it's new because she just came out with like they redid the covers so it's not the like shirtless man it's like cute Uh, cartoony they're sitting right there um what series is this oh it's called romancing the Clarksons is the the name of the series the first one's called too hot to handle and it, it grabbed my eye when I was at when I was at Target last week because I had that gift card so I bought it when I bought a Court of Thorns and Roses. Mm -hmm. And then I had a bunch of like Amazon points on my credit card. Mm -hmm. So then I just ordered the rest because I was like, it's free, whatever. Yeah. So like those are very like surface level, Mm -hmm. like just candy. Like you can't think too hard about the plot or the characters. Just like enjoy the ride kind of. Yeah. And those I'll finish because – Especially if it's with an author that I like trust, like Tessa Bailey, that I'm like, I know this may not necessarily be the best book ever, but I know I'm going to have a good time, mm-hmm. you know, versus like other maybe other authors that I don't that I haven't read as much of or mine is usually plot related. I can handle a bad character. Mm, yeah. Um, except I did DNF. Um, so I read um Maisie Eddings, A Brush with Love, which I found cute. It wasn't like my favorite thing I've ever read. Oh, this was the dentist one, wasn't it? 
The dentist one, yeah. yeah. Um, I found it cute. Like, it was fine. It yeah. wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was good. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And that's another one that has, like, an extended universe or whatever. And the second one, I DNF'd almost immediately because there's, like, an accidental pregnancy very early on. I remember you were telling me that you had started this book. Mm-hmm. And... It's funny because I had looked it up later because you were like, I'm reading it and I think it's going to be an accidental pregnancy book. And then I looked it up later and in the blurb, it says that she gets pregnant. Yeah, I just didn't read because I had read the first one in the series. So I was like, yo, pick up the second one. Right. Like, wh- like so I didn't think too hard about it because I was like, oh, I like this first one. Why Why wouldn't I also like the second one? But I also didn't like it because it's one of those characters that's just like a fucking mess and like not in a fun way, like in a stressful way. Right. Like she was like having a bunch of one night stands, just like crazy unorganized. It was like being witness to your messiest friend's <laughs> daily life, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you, I just couldn't. I was like, this is stressful. And it's one that I might pick up again. Maybe I just wasn't in the right. Because this was in my like peak burnout mm-hmm. part of the semester. It was like October. Oh, yeah. And it was when I was start like looking back, that was like when I was starting to feel the effects of being burned out, but I didn't know it. Right. Yeah. And so I think maybe I just had a lower tolerance. So I might would pick it up again, especially because now there's a third book in this series that I still feel hopeful about. Mm-hmm. So this is a midsummer read. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. And maybe I'll feel different different about pregnancy books like after I eventually have a kid or something. But it's like hard for me. Like you kind of want to lose yourself in the daydream of the romance. Oh, unless like, oh, God, I'm accidentally pregnant. Right. Or like also like I'm not nor have I ever been pregnant. So can't relate. Mm, You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Report back after you get pregnant, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so, so sometimes I can handle a bad character, but her I could not handle. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. But it's, it's more plot based for me or like writing style. Mm, Yeah. Oh, I did, um, just finish the new Tessa Bailey, Secretly Yours, the one about the like gardener. Oh yeah. Girl. Yeah. And it was, it was, I just keep waiting for another, it happened one summer. I know. You know, sometimes when I read romances that I am just like, meh, about, I'm like, did I start too high? Did I start with Beach Read and Unhoneymooners and I'm yeah. just let down all the time? That's how I feel about this because I really liked, I already liked Tessa Bailey before it happened one summer. Mm. So it's like, you know she can do it. Yeah. I think that's what it is, is that I'm just wanting her to make me feel that way again. Yeah. And like just very selfishly. Yeah. When there was nothing wrong with Secretly Yours, it was perfectly charming. So it's not fair for me to put that kind of pressure on on Tessa Bailey. Because like a lot of the – I've seen it on t- the, the TikTok girlies like it. Mm-hmm. The Goodreads reviews are good. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I was also really afraid of it, though, because the male lead is a professor. And I was like, I don't want there to be like some kind of professor <laughs> fantasies here because I don't – <laughs> you don't need that in your life I can't right now. I can't fuck with that and I, I was afraid there was gonna be like like dirty talk dirty. referring to him as a professor and I was like you, that's where you're gonna lose me was there no okay good all right at least not that I can remember so it clearly didn't if there was it wasn't that bad yeah okay 
I'll take it then. Because I was re- I was really concerned about that. Because I was like, if this is like a professor student fantasy thing, what? or like a pro- like a hot professor thing, like I don't. Nope. That's gross. Mm-mm. Nope. Can't if, do it. Like it feels like I'm just breaking the law by reading something like that. You know. <laughs> you can put that in the little free library at your. At oh God, that, I would lose my job. If you're my student listening to this, first of all, go away. <laughs> Second of all, I will never be reading any any pr- hot, hot professor books. What are you reading now? Well, I'm reading A Fire Endless, which is a fantasy, and it's the sequel to A River Enchanted, which I got from Book of the Month. Mm, mm-hmm. So it's the second of two in that series. So I'm reading that. But romance-wise, I picked up something that I think I'm going to really like. It's new. Is it out yet? Oh, it comes out on Tuesday. So Ooh. it comes out on next week as we're recording this, but yesterday as it is released. Mm. So it's out now. It's called For Her Consideration by Amy Spaulding. I'm only maybe like 20% through. So about it's about this woman, Nina, who got very traumatically and unceremoniously dumped by her ex-girlfriend. And she was living in L.A., so she moved out of L.A. into the suburbs and has been, like, laying low for, like, years, Mm -hmm. just, like, kind of living on coast mode, basically, just, like, doing her job, not really having a social life, not really dating, not really doing anything. Mm -hmm. And she has this job where she is responsible for running the email accounts of celebrities I want that job. So like responding on behalf of the celebrity. And so her job is kind of like ghostwriting emails, basically. And so there's this actress, Ari Fox, who's like a queer icon, basically, this like super hot woman who's like, like out and proud in Hollywood is kind of like the vibe that I'm getting is like everyone really admires her for being this like, yeah, like queer icon. And Ari, I guess has issues with how Nina is sending her emails and she's not mad. She's just like, I'm a control freak and I just want to make sure it sounds like me. So then they meet up and like, so that Nina can get to know Ari to like send her emails better. And obviously they're going to fall in love. But right now I'm at the point where they just started hanging out like socially. It's very cute. And like, Nina is back in L.A. to hang out with Ari in, like, her old neighborhood. She's, like, run into some friends that she lost touch with that she thought she lost in the breakup. But they're kind of, it seems like, rekindling their friendship. So I have high hopes for this one. This sounds up my alley Mm -hmm. of weird celebrity things. Yes. I got it on NetGalley, but after this comes out, it should be be out. So Out, out. Yeah, February 28th. Wow, I am reading what is totally up my alley. I'm catching up on a book of the month from January. Oh, yeah. And it's called The Reunion. And oh my gosh, I love this book so far. I'm about halfway into it. One, it's short. It's about 300 pages. So it's a good like kind of quick read. But it is about the stars of this teen drama called Girl on the Verge. And I think it's about like teen tennis prodigies. Uh, you don't know a lot about the show, like as they're doing. As oh, they're the going TV through. show is about teen yeah. tennis prodigy. Okay, so the actors on the show were playing like teen tennis prodigies, and they're coming back together to shoot this reunion special, like twenty years after the show premiered. Mm. So it's kind of like 
Gilmore Girls doing the revival almost. Mm. And it's really it's really funny to kind of get like little bits and pieces of what the show was about where it's partially kind of like Gilmore Girls where it's been picked apart in a very academic way like after it ended. Mm-hmm. But also they keep bringing up that the finale ended like mid-sentence of the main character, mm. like the fucking Sopranos where it just cut to black. So, I'm halfway through it right now. The leads of the show were like best friends and they're going to fall in love. Like that's what's going to happen. And so yeah, they're like shooting this reunion special and she hasn't seen her co-star in like 14 years they were like best friends Mm. and he like kind of dumped her as a friend where he was like i'm never gonna be able to date somebody else if we're just in love with each other but they wouldn't just admit that they were in love with each other and date it was just they were 18 right and they didn't know what to do with their feelings sure so now they're back together to film this reunion and it is all the things i love in a silly little romance which is celebrities and fancy events and second chance and teen dramas so i'm a big fan so far i hope it doesn't let me down yeah it has 3.6 stars on goodreads which like take that as you will i will not think about it until i get to the end but anyway anyway well as mentioned on our last episode our next book is icebreaker by hannah grace which as as we've mentioned it has 4.13 stars on goodreads i am still shocked that it's like 450 pages yes it will probably be the longest book we've read on this podcast 435 pages on the kindle edition fucking long it is very long which means after we stop recording we should set a deadline for ourselves i know i need recording because I, I need to start it. I need to start it as well after I finish the reunion. Yeah, but but I'm really excited about this because it's so different than anything else that we normally read. Yeah, we're going to delve into hockey romance, which with the puck bunnies. Uh, yep. I, I'm never going to get over Maybe that. we will emerge as puck bunnies after this. You know, I would love for that to happen uh, <laughs> if we just become like real stands of a very niche romance yeah I've I've been to one hockey game in my life but maybe I'll be a hockey fan now I don't know maybe so I don't know well we'll we'll see we'll see y'all next time